Well, here on AM Quincy, this election year, we've invited all of the candidates on the November 7th uh, ballot to stop by and tell us a little bit about their, their campaign and their priorities. And we are so pleased to welcome for re-election to the Quincy School Committee, Frank Santoro is joining us for this program. Frank, great to see you. Nice to see you, Joe. Nice Vice, to be back. It's good to have you back. Yeah. Uh, Vice Chair, right? Last Vice Chair, yeah. School committee. It's, uh, been a nice summer, although we've had a few things to deal with over the summer. But um, yeah, enjoy the little quiet that's happening. Yeah, because it's about to start again. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you which are I don't mind. You are up for re-election uh, for a yeah. it's four-year term. It's right? a four-year term. Yeah. When mm -hmm. were you first elected? You know, I was elected way back in the late '80s when I was teaching in Brookline. Oh. And I served eight years then, a couple of years as vice chair, and then uh, when I came back to Quincy to be the principal at Central. Uh, I, of course, I couldn't sit on the school committee, so right. I left and then rejoined four years ago uh, after I retired from the Quincy Public Schools. Oh, okay, as principal of Quincy High School. As principal of Quincy High. Okay, and has it been what you thought it would be? Yeah, I, I'm actually enjoying it. I, I sit on many boards, um, and I'm enjoying the partnership I have between the boards and the school system. Mm. I sit on the Board of Governors at uh, Quincy College, and uh, that allows me to enhance the college on, and vice versa, back and forth. We have a great program called Early uh, uh, College, where kids are taking advantage of it at Quincy College at both our high schools. Uh, I sit on the Quincy Asian Resource Board of Directors, soon to be chairman of the, of the board. Oh. And um, again, the immigrant families that are in, coming into our city, uh, it's nice to have a tie to the school system because many of them have children. So. I'm enjoying that uh, that tie as well. Sure. Yeah. So th this past four years, uh, what would you say have been some of the main priorities? Yeah, well, uh, obviously the pandemic, you know. Um, Which pretty much all of your terms. Yeah, right. And, you know, yeah. I take great pride in being part of the seven people that carried the school system on the uh, school system, school committee side. Yes. Because we, were, we worked very hard at making sure everybody was safe, first of all, and everybody was learning. And by everybody, I mean students as well as staff. Mm. Um, you know, to have healthy buildings where uh, people felt safe sending their children was very important. And so uh, it took a lot of meeting time, a lot of our time to make sure uh, ventilation issues were taken care of. And then uh, the mayor was kind to donate a lot of money towards the uh, Chromebooks so that every child was prepared. A lot of professional development on our hardworking teachers that had to teach in a different way. So it kept all of us very busy through those four years. Happy to say that uh, we came through it. And uh, as you sit at graduation and you look and see where the kids end off going, uh, it, it's proof that uh, the system did well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was happy to be a part of that and uh, make sure everybody was safe and everybody was learning. Yeah, as so I recall, during the height of the pandemic, the school committee was meeting at least once a week. Yes, we if were. If not yeah. more. Yeah. With our health department, yeah. uh, making sure we were follow following their guidance. And uh, it was not an easy time. Parents mm -hmm. were unhappy. The kids weren't in school. Some wanted them to stay out longer. Yep. The mask issue. Uh, you know, it was it was a difficult time. And uh, happy to say that um, we came through okay. Not that I would like to do this ever again. <laughs> right. But it, it took a lot of our time. Between the pandemic and negotiating, you know, we have all those unions we have to negotiate with. Uh, we're still not finalized with our Teamsters. But... Mm. The teacher negotiations uh, took a lot of time. I sat on that negotiating team. Happy to say that uh, we've come to uh, resolution, and uh, that took a great deal of our time as well. Yeah. But came out with some good things. The teachers get some great benefits. 
school system got a good benefit by um, parents now can uh, look and see their children's grade. Uh, the teachers are opening up their grade books to our parents. Instead, you would have to wait till that midterm and um, to see how your child was doing. Oh, now, now they can do it on a regular basis. Oh, that's this is the Aspen uh, program. Yes, that I yeah. mean that's a great benefit to parents. So we're happy to see that as well. Okay. Okay. So, going forward, Frank, what would be your priorities uh, for? Yeah, for going term? forward, yeah. you know, when you you sit back and think, uh, we could be as busy as today, as uh, we've learned recently that uh, Eastern Nazarene is taking on some immigrant families yes. uh, from Haiti, I believe, and um, to the school system, that means how many children and where are those children going to go, and uh, we're in the process right now as we speak uh, today to figure out the answers to those questions mm -hmm. because those kids need an education as well. Um, so that, that's going to be something that's pretty immediate. Uh, right before we broke, we did a, a safety survey in all our buildings. Mm -hmm. So there are some issues that we need to address within those buildings, whether it's protocol for safety, uh, routines, as well as equipment. Um, we, we're, uh, we're addressing those now, school by school. So that's, those are issues that are very recent and upfront. Question. There yeah. was an issue at uh, Central, of course, with the yeah. student bringing the gun to yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. And, and a student who, you know, when I was principal at Quincy High School, I used to meet regularly with the kids because you got to tell kids that if you do this, this is going to happen. Consequences Con for your There are consequences. Yeah. And the child didn't mean to do anything uh, vicious, or, but, of course, you have to pay attention to the rules. Right. And, uh He's made a big mistake, the child, and it's too bad because, you know, a bright child and um, he has to face these consequences of doing something where maybe if we were up front ahead of time and made sure the kids understood mm. the consequences for that action. Okay. But, yeah. So what is the consequence? Uh, well, I personally can't talk about okay. the child, but you can be sure that we follow the protocols within our within our. Uh, rights and responsibilities. Okay. So so going forward, how do you prevent that from happening? Yeah, well, yeah. like I said, we are we will be probably adjusting our uh, protocols for what we do for safety, mm -hmm. make sure they're up to date, um, make sure that um, the uh, buildings are the safest they can be, and there are some things that we need to do for that, you know, entryways, ways to get in, ways to get out. Yeah. Um, Metal you know, detectors? Uh, well, I, I don't know if we're there yet, okay. but um, certainly it's something that we would think of, talk about. Discuss. You know, yeah. th that's in our future discussions. Okay. So besides the um, families and the safety survey, I'd like to work with the QEA. This came out during negotiations of uh, establishing a sick bank for yes. our teachers. Yep. And uh, I would like to try to do that with the teachers. I want to work in a partnership where we can meet in subcommittee and have their input as well. Okay. Uh, that's coming up. Um, we've hired, as you know, a new EDI coordinator that sits on the superintendent's uh, leadership team, Kim Conley. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need to hire a staff that's more reflective of our student population. We currently have a majority of Asian students within our school system. And uh, it's nice for kids to see that there are teachers just like they, and uh, as well as our curriculum. We're trying to make sure that our curriculum aligns to what our children are. And also, we, um, uh, when you think about um, 
hiring someone or aligning the curriculum, mm -hmm. I had in the back of my mind the possibilities of a Chinese immersion school at one of the elementary levels. Oh, really? Nothing okay. definite, but something we're thinking yeah. about um, having a superintendent's team look at that. Okay, well, as you know, Milton Public Schools have had a French immersion That's program correct. for years. That's yeah. correct. Sure. So and so there like are pros that? and cons. Okay. But I would le at least like it studied and have some uh, options presented to us as a school committee. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have our two buildings uh, up and uh, planning. The DeCristofaro building is ready to open mm -hmm, soon, mm -hmm. another year, and we'll be open there. means a great deal to our uh, special ed population because of uh, how we have to send kids out for their disabilities to be, uh, to be uh, looked at. I think um, between that and the new Squanum School, mm -hmm. so new school is going to take up some of our time on the school committee. I currently sit on the Squanum planning team. Mm. We've met a few times already. The staff has met a few times already. And so those, those are two more uh, ventures that are coming up. Um, a, um, a s another issue I think is important is equity in all our schools. We have to make sure that in every building we're doing the same thing in terms of our curriculum, in terms of what we offer to students. We currently have a situation where our fifth grades and some of the schools have moved out of their elementary schools for, for room sake. I'm hoping that in the future we can address those needs building-wise. Um, I know that we've the city has purchased St. Mary's, not to say that that's what it's going to be used for at this point, but it's an option. Yeah, okay. Um, staying ahead of issues in our facilities is important instead of reacting to things that break. I know that the mayor's uh, uh, department uh, uh, under Paul Hines is doing just that, making sure we're, we're not going to have something happen when we could have prevented it. Uh, oh, facilities-wise? Yeah, facilities-wise. Okay. So those are all things that are current, uh, being discussed. Yep. And uh, come the first week in September, <laughs> we dive into them. Sure. Yeah. Talk a bit about the um, the budget, if you can, the new budget for yeah. the, the school department. Yeah. Well, as as you know, it's like 137 million dollars right. worth of uh, funding, and um, you know that's why I say during the negotiations times, it, it's tough. Mm. You want your workers to get the best deal that they can get. Mm -hmm. However, we also represent taxpayers. There's only so much in the pie, so um, sitting on those negotiation teams. And, and making sure that we have a budget that we can survive with is important. And that takes a lot of going back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so the contracts uh, that when you negotiate are important to that budget because as you know, probably the biggest piece of that pie, it could be upwards of 80% is salary. Yes. And so that's basically what happens. Yeah, did the, did the outside mediation help? Uh, yeah, uh, we, we sat with a couple of sessions uh, with them, but um, there needs to be a better approach, an approach that's different than teachers starting where we can't get to, and then the city may be offering less than what we might be able to less. Okay. Something has to happen to stop that negotiation process because, uh, you know, it gets to the point where um, you're really asking for ridiculous things that we can't fund, and it takes time. It takes mm -hmm. too much time. The mediators did help in a way. They did uh, bring reality to the session. Mm -hmm. um, we were stuck on a couple of points, one being the grade book. Um, now that teachers have to open up their grade book, yes. that's, that's a great thing for parents. Okay. And uh, I'm happy to see that the teachers were willing to do that. The other thing was maternity leave. Mm -hmm. um, yep. 
and you know there's a cost to everything because when you do take maternity leave you have to hire somebody to take that person's place so there is a cost to it sure however um, we came up with a pretty good deal where uh, teachers can use their sick days uh, that's all well and good unless you're a new teacher right although we thought of during the negotiation sessions with our mediator we thought of a way we could do that we gave them credit so that when they do have their days they'll be able to take away so okay. that that helped solve the contract okay. as well. In terms of staffing, uh, how yeah. how is the school system? Yeah, Quincy Public Schools does okay in getting staff, yep. but I, like I said, I would like to see it more reflective of our student population. Right. To do that, Kim has to go out and try to seek ways to get those people to apply. Okay. That reflect our kids, um, but I I think. Uh, Superintendent Mulvey, uh, department heads at the high school, Aaron Perkins, have been very busy making sure that all those seats are filled. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned the uh, De Cristofaro Early Learning Center. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe the mayor said that's probably about a year and a half away. That's still. correct. Yeah. Um, how will you determine what students are eligible? Yeah. Well, right there? now we have a l uh, many students um, that ha might have a learning disability where uh, we have to send them elsewhere because the city cannot provide the service to correct the, or to assist that disability. That could be upwards of eighty to $100,000 when you place those kids in those private placements. Um, and so what we have to per do... Per student? Per student, okay. including transportation oh, costs. Wow. Okay. Not to mention the kids have to get on a bus at 6 o'clock in the morning and they don't come home till 6 at night right. if they're taking part in an, in an after-school uh, activity. Yeah. And if, all ages, right? Most all ages, yeah. yeah. So now we'll be able to handle some of those disabilities right here in our hometown, okay. which is a great thing for parents. They don't have to put their kids on a bus. Mm -hmm. It saves in the expense of uh, sending them to private placements and it would and it's great to have our kids take advantage of uh, something that we can provide yeah but how will you staff the new early yeah well center? Yeah. they're talking about that right now okay. the programs that we have to offer have to reflect the kids within our student population right. and then from there you'll design the program and the staffing Okay, but it's yeah. specialized education right specialized That's correct. folks yeah. that need to teach yes. these kids yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah is there funding for that there is now. Okay. Yeah. Well, we uh, get federal funding as well as state funding for all our uh, programs, mm -hmm. and that's included in the budget. However, the transportation cost and the private placement cost outside always threw us for a loop. Mm -hmm. You get new mm -hmm. families that move in, and all of a sudden you're providing another $100,000 because the student needed a service. Okay. So there's always that funding issue. Yeah. So that part of it will be saved, right? Hopefully. The transportation. Hopefully. You know, parents don't have to accept that either. Right. They want to accept what's best for their child, and hopefully oh, okay. that will be the Quincy choice. Okay, so it is optional. It is optional. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Sorry to interrupt. What else? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that I think between that and uh, making sure our buildings are safe uh, uh, and our kids are safe and everybody's learning, new professional development always is an issue. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Kids are becoming quite good at dealing with Chromebook uh learning yes yeah yeah even our textbooks hopefully someday we won't have to be carrying textbooks as everything becomes online wow um there was a, a cell phone ban if you will that was instituted do yeah. you think it's working I, I i haven't heard anything other than it's been been working okay i think our high school principals uh, can attest to uh having it done i know even when i was principal at quincy high and we're talking way back in 2013 cell phones were an issue then. Mm -hmm. I mean mm -hmm. it's become a very important part of our lives as it is for students but so is an education mm. 
and so you have to make sure that they're separated and doesn't interfere. Yep. So having it uh, in places where it doesn't matter, that's okay. It's working. Yep. But if it's while you're in a classroom, while a teacher's talking, or if it's during something where you should be listening or paying attention, that's not a good thing. Sure. I don't know where the state is going on this, too. There's rumblings. They, they don't either. <laughs> yeah, there's rumblings of the, uh, something coming down from Yes, as a matter of fact, Quincy was mentioned in those discussions yeah. as being one of the first to kind of take the mm. lead uh, in that area. Yeah. So maybe mm. they're looking at the city and seeing how it's working out before yeah. the state makes it ruling. But that's coming down, too. Yeah. Uh, what about learning loss because of the pandemic, Frank? Yeah, not just learning that. loss, but social and emotional issues. Some right. of these kids hadn't been in school in two years. Yep. So you, you, what you're, you're thinking about, it's, you know, you take a child that is going to enter the second grade without having come into school. I mean, there are issues <laughs> that have to be dealt with. Right. This I think the, first social, school, essentially, yeah, right? the yeah. social and emotional thing for mm -hmm. students who are not ready, classroom ready, is is an issue. Um I always thought that maybe there should be a special program on a daily basis for kids who aren't ready to handle something that's going on within the classroom. I remember you talking about yeah. this. Yeah, it actually I has a name, does it not? Yeah, it's well, it's, it could be many different okay. names. But I, I know at the high school, when I was there, we tried to do that. We tried to identify kids that hadn't passed anything right through the eighth grade. Yes. And, you know, it was, we need some place for these kids rather than just releasing them into a population of 1,600 kids. Uh, it would be good for them to be able to be classroom ready mm -hmm. and to teach them to get there. Although th now, because of the pandemic, there are many situations where kids were not used to being with each other. Everything was on the phone, social yes. uh, Zooming and and being with someone, communicating, <laughs> was not something they were used to. No, right. That's not, so, not a skill they were able to no. develop. Yeah. So and I'm sure that's not just going to disappear. I think it's going to take time. It's mm -hmm. going to take people within our guidance department. Uh, maybe some additional social and emotional people. Yep. So. Um, the comprehensive testing, uh, is that something that yeah, uh, needs I'm to be Yeah, I'm still waiting to hear that uh, from the state okay. as well. You know, I don't know where the MCAS is going. Right. Uh, there's rumblings about that at yes. the state level as well. Okay. But uh, you know what? Our kids do pretty well. And, you know, we were rated number one in New England uh, as a city to live in. Yes. 16 nationwide. Yep. You know, a lot of that had to do with our school system, mm. you know. You sit at graduation and you see those kids going off to some good schools and you see the end result as you sit there. It's just um, our kids do well, yeah. as do our hardworking staff. So, I mean, it sounds like you still have a passion uh, mm -hmm. for this. Uh, it's just why you, you want to serve another yeah. four years? Yeah, uh, 50 years now, over 50 years in public education. Oh, so you were 10 when you started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at three different school, at three different pub schools. I was in Boston, yeah. then Brookline, then came back to Quincy. Always uh, lived in Quincy, except for a few, few short years of trying something different. But <laughs> went K to 12, mm -hmm. went to Quincy College. Uh, my children, my grandchildren all went through the Quincy Public Schools. That combined with uh, my knowledge of public education as a classroom teacher and administrator, I saw things the way they should be done and the way they shouldn't be done. And I think I can bring a lot to the table that way, as well as my board of partnerships and affiliations. So. All right, I right. still have something to offer, Joe. Sounds that way. Hmm. Anything else you'd like to share with folks right no, now? No, just that okay. uh, hopefully uh, I'll gain uh, one of, people have three votes for school committee. That's right. I'm only asking for one of them, and uh, hopefully you'll allow me to continue on what my passion is and offer what I have to offer to keep us uh, a number one rated school system. 
right. Well, thanks for stopping by and talking with us, and uh, we wish you the best. Thank you, Joe. You're I appreciate welcome. it. And thank you for watching us here at AM Quincy. I'm Joe Catalano. We will see you next time.